It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's as always an absolute pleasure to have you listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Masterplan, author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. This morning, I took a look at our stats and I just want to thank all of you who are listening out there as now we are being listened to in over 50 different countries, including Russia, Mexico, Australia, Ireland, India, Portugal. And don't worry, I'm not going to list all 50. But thank you all. And if you've got any ideas of what you, you think about the podcast, any feedback for me, please do drop me an email at chloe at ecommercemasterplan.com. I love to hear your ideas, thoughts and feedback from all around the world. So on that international theme, I want to introduce you to today's special guest. Mark Lippman is the managing partner and co-founder at Deborah Lippman. Deborah Lippman, the e-commerce business, sells a makeup range focused on nails designed by Le- Deborah Lippman herself. She's one of the most sought after manicurists in the world. Mark is in charge of the e-commerce side of the business, amongst much more, and has grown it to a multi-million dollar company with distribution in over 20 countries. Hi, Mark. Hi. Thank you very much, Chloe. It's great to have you here. I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. So how did you get started in e-commerce? Well, we started in 1999 uh, launching our brand, Deborah Lippman, in one store here in New York City. And uh, with no experience whatsoever in the business world, my sister was a celebrity manicurist doing the uh, uh, fashion magazine covers with celebrities from Vogue to Vanity Fair and In Style, and doing the fashion runways, uh, doing Fashion Week here in New York every season. And uh, she asked me if I could get involved. Uh, I had a home recording studio at the time, so uh, I had a Mac, and uh, she said she needed a logo and some product packaging, and so I helped out and created those uh, those elements for her at the beginning. And in 1999, uh, online was just sort of starting to happen in terms of e-commerce, and I thought, you know, we should we should have a website and we should have a web store. And she said, okay, what whatever that is, let's do it. So in 1999, we launched in October in one store in Henry Bendel here in New York City and at the same time launched one of the first beauty e-commerce sites in the United States. Wow. So it was really right in at the very beginning of the brand. Even back in 1999, you decided it was time to go for e-commerce. Absolutely. I uh, I definitely uh, saw the writing on the wall. There was this new company that nobody had heard of called Google. And uh, I thought, you know, uh, this, this, this stuff might go somewhere. Cool. So, um, so how's the business right now? You're, you're in NYC. And uh, where do you sell to? We are distributed in the United States in uh, Sephora, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, uh, stores of that nature, Barney's here in New York, and uh, and then internationally we're in a, a little over 20 countries. In the UK, we're in Harvey Nichols, Harrods, Selfridges. Um, so we're in a very prestige market. And uh, so the landscape that we have to uh, compete against with uh, with our online business is uh, is very upscale. Yes, because for, for those who, who aren't familiar, we've cert- Mark certainly just run through the top department stores in in the various countries because this is it's very much a a sought-after product that you're selling isn't it 
It absolutely is. It's a very uh, prestige product, and our competitive landscape includes brands like Chanel, uh, which have a uh, a much uh, uh, higher, uh, you know, uh, a much <laughs> a much larger footprint than we do. And I, I suppose actually, but one of the things you've got which you can compete against them on is the fact you can be a little bit more dynamic because you don't have that massive juggernaut that is the, a brand like uh, Chanel. Absolutely. Being a small brand allows us to be nimble and uh, and to react quickly. Uh, my sister can uh, be influenced uh, by a new uh, fashion uh, trend that she sees on a fashion shoot uh, or at New York Fashion Week, and we can react very quickly, whereas a large company could take a, a year or more to actually develop the, a similar type product. Oh, and I just love the fact that in the background, we've got the sounds of New York City. <laughs> I, I was in New York last month, and it is a loud city, so I'm glad we've got that atmosphere coming through. Um, I know one of the things we're going to get talking about later in the in the interview is about how, as well as the product dynamism, you've also are able to get into some technological areas that those brands would have to go through probably think tanks and away days to try and decide whether it fits with them so before we get into that though what platform are you currently selling on are you on a shopify magento or something bespoke we're on the magento platform we've been on the magento platform for about three years now and it's working very well for us excellent and are there any widgets or plugins you've got going on there search indizing reviews that sort of thing we recently installed uh, uh, a program to handle our search functionality as well as our product recommendations, our cross-sells. Uh, it's, a, it's a system from a company called Unboxed, and uh, it's worked really, really flawlessly for us. If you're familiar with the Magento platform, it unfortunately has a very limited search capability. Um, if someone misspells a word or uh, you know inverts a letter here or there, it comes up with zero results. So we definitely needed to have search functionality that rivaled uh, every every brand in our competitive landscape, and also uh, as opposed to manually uh, curating our upsells, which was a tremendous amount of work. Uh, we installed an algorithm-based system that says if this, if a customer looks at this pink nail color, well, it will then show them uh, up cross sales that uh, were either purchased when people purchased that original color or uh, products that were looked at the most. So it actually, uh, it actually is an algorithm-based and uh, and works very well. And we saw uh, almost a forty percent increase uh, across uh, both of those two functionalities when we implemented them. Wow! I, I say I'm a big believer in the in the theory of let your website guys build a website and then find a specialist in search and merchandising because it's it's such a complex algorithmic piece. You're basically building kind of your own version of Google. So to go to a specialist for that, I think, is always is always great. But 40% uplift, that I think that's one of the highest ones I've heard of. Yeah, it's been really tremendous. Now, that's, uh, that, that uh, percentage is related to, obviously, the search and the cross-sell functionality. Uh, it's not across the the entire sales uh, level, but uh, but it still has been a tremendous impact, and we've seen uh, you know a lot of conversion. We can actually they have a portal that we can go into the back end with very in depth analytics, so we can see what people are searching for. We can see what products they're looking at uh, in our catalog. We can move products to a higher level in search results based on uh, conversion rate. 
um, whether we see a, a product that actually has a low number of views but a high conversion, we can easily dial in our uh, our site to make sure that more people are seeing that product because it's clearly something that somebody wants. And if we're seeing a, a high view rate and a uh, or a high search rate and a low conversion rate, we can look at what what elements in marketing uh, need to be improved upon. Cool, excellent. And um, you said a, a lot of we can, we can there. So what does your team look like? Are you an in-house team, outsourced? How many of you are there, <laughs> are there over in New York? Well, uh, I, I say we as a company, uh, it would be me. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, so I, you know, self-taught in all of this, uh, but, uh, but I essentially uh, do all of the programming for our site with the exception of our really heavy lifting programming, which we use an outsourced agency for. Um, and we, uh, we allot about 20 hours uh, a month for them to, uh, to do some really heavy programming uh, or code changes. But, uh, but most, of the, most of the programming and site maintenance uh, and design uh, is done uh, right here. Wow, because you're. I did. I wanted to ask you, kind of, how do you juggle it all? Because you you look after the marketing, you do the creative, the digital. I've just found out you're doing the code. Um, how how do you manage to to do all of that? What's your what's your technique? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. It's just <laughs> I've always been sort of a you know a, a person who says who looks at something and says, well, this needs to get done. Well, let me figure out a way to get it done. And uh, and thankfully with uh, with YouTube and uh, with other uh, uh, channels out there, uh, it's easy to find uh, a solution. Uh, it's easy to find uh, you know a, a technique to do something. So uh, if I have a question about what I'm doing in Magento or in Photoshop or in Illustrator or or in Dreamweaver. Uh, programming our email campaigns, that kind of thing, or designing, uh, I can easily pull up uh, a tutorial and uh, and find, oh, that's a great way to do it and uh, and implement it. I, li- so, uh, I like that. So, so, so you're, you're very quick to go and find someone to help you with the problem rather than struggling through it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why, why waste time trying to figure it out when, uh, when there are so many great tutorials available out there? Excellent advice. So, what do you think is the most awesome thing about the Deborah Lippman business right now? Well, I think uh, we are, um, you know, seeing like everyone else, our e-commerce business really skyrocket. Uh, you know, nail polish in general has been uh, a, a really fast-growing category since about 2008 here in the U.S. and uh, and that actually kind of correlated with uh, the U.S. recession. Uh, so, uh, so we've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, increase in our business overall, but our site is growing, uh, year after year and we're seeing more and more people come to our site and, uh, looking for, uh, information about our brand, whether they're purchasing on our site or they're getting information about the brand and then going in store, uh, or going to their favorite website like Sephora.com, which is the number one beauty site here in the U.S. and I imagine in most, uh, most countries as well where they operate, uh, so, uh, so we're just finding it's a, it's a great way to communicate with our customers, and uh, you know, between that and social, we uh, we find that uh, this is really the future. And the, you know, it's really now. I, I I I hesitate to say it's the future because it's now. <laughs> it's the now. <laughs> I like that. Um, so you're clearly not worried about whether that sale comes in via a physical store, via an online competitor. Or via your own site, so long as the customer's getting the experience they want. 
Absolutely. It's, it's important for us to make sure that we're providing as much information. And of course, on our site, as opposed to our partner sites like uh, Sephora.com or uh, HarveyNichols.com or what have you, uh, we're able to provide a lot more content to our user, to our uh, visitors. And, uh, and so we really try to leverage that with uh, information about the products, uh, interesting photos about the products, user-generated content, as well as video, which uh, which more and more people are are uh, demanding. Cool. I like your enlightened approach to that. Um, and what's on what's on your radar on your to do list at the moment? Well, we are uh, in the process of launching a revolutionary uh, platform. Uh, this uh, we're actually just waiting for it to go live in the App Store today in uh, in Apple. <clears throat> we uh, about I, I say about maybe six or seven months ago, uh, I met with uh, some marketing people and said, you know, we're thinking about developing our own app uh, because we want to leverage Apple Pay. We want to have uh, the instant uh, capability for people to purchase because we see that on our website uh, or our, our, our e-commerce site, like most e-commerce sites, uh, the majority of people browse and add items to the cart on their mobile device nowadays. Uh, with our site, it's about uh, 70% of our site views and email campaigns are opened on mobile. And uh, at best, 30% result in conversion. And that's a very high uh, percentage for the e-commerce business here in the U.S. Most companies are running anywhere between 5 and 20% conversion on mobile. But they're still seeing the same thing. Most people are coming uh, to their site on mobile. Most people are opening their email campaigns on mobile. Uh, but the conversion is a challenge uh, because it's so difficult to check out on mobile. You have Even if you're registered with the site, you still have to enter an email address and a password on that tiny little <laughs> keyboard. And if you're checking out with credit card and ship to and bill to information, it's just such a tremendous challenge. <clears throat> so we were looking at how could we implement Apple Pay. And Apple Pay, as uh, many of your listeners may know, only works in, uh, well, right now in the U.S., the U.K., just launched in Canada and Australia and is coming to uh, mainland China next year as well as uh, 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 the Philippines, I believe. Lots of countries will be rolling it out. And I believe digital wallets are the future uh, for purchasing in general. And uh, so we looked at developing our own app, which, you know, would run us somewhere between fifty and $100,000 to develop our own app. And uh, then we'd have to make something really great inside it besides the Apple Pay just to, just to get people to engage, to download the app and to continue to uh, uh, engage after adoption. Uh, so there's a tremendous amount of challenge, many challenges, I should say, with, uh, with creating our, your own app. So uh, uh, good friends of mine, uh, I was speaking with them, and they, they have a long history of, uh, of working with digital agencies uh, in development and in business. And uh, the developer who actually created our mobile optimized site, after we had this discussion, a few months later he came back and he said, listen, I, I want to show you something I just invented over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's brilliant. He's uh, he comes from uh, a long line of uh, of brilliant engineers and scientists. And uh, and he said, I've I've got something I want to show you. And he said, you know, uh, Apple Pay can only be used in native apps or brick and mortar right now. And he said, the the real challenge is you can't use it on a on a mobile optimized site. You can't use it in YouTube. You can't use it on social channels like Facebook. 
Pinterest and Twitter. Which is crazy uh, because that's what people are doing on their mobiles, isn't it? It's like, that's just such a, I'm sure Apple will fix it one day, but you look at it and you're like, this, this is a massive disconnect. Massive disconnect. And, uh, and what, he, what he actually created was an application that, uh, that we're going live with uh, either today or tomorrow, uh, beginning of December here in 2015. I know this will air a little bit later, so we'll be live by the time this airs. Um, and what it allows is for people to come to our mobile site, uh, our desktop site, our YouTube channel, our Facebook channel, and if they see a product they like, they can simply tap on it. Uh, they'll be required to download this free app called Equipay, uh, which is uh, something that is not specific to us. Equipay can be used by any number of brands that want to integrate. It integrates seamlessly with our e-commerce platform. So people will, once they download the free app, it integrates also seamlessly and instantly with their Apple Pay. So their credit card, their bill to, their ship to information is all integrated seamlessly. And when I say credit card, it actually isn't credit card. What's, what's so brilliant about Apple Pay is that it uh, virtually eliminates the opportunity for fraud because it never transmits credit card data. It transmits a single-use token generated by the, uh, the bank that issues your credit card. And that token can only be used for one transaction. So it virtually eliminates the opportunity for, uh, for credit card fraud, which is one of the great advantages of digital wallets. Cool. So, and, so and, Mark, sorry, sorry to cut you off a little bit there, but we're about to get a little right. bit techy. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so ec- the Equipay solution you're using, I know a little bit about this guys who are listening because I've, I'm, I've been chatting with them because I think it's such cool and, and exciting technology. So this is available, by the time this podcast goes out, it'll be available in both the UK and the USA. Um, and I guess, are you, are you one of the, you the first merchant to be putting this live, Mark? We are the first merchant to be putting this live, so this is a revolutionary capability that will be available on our site and uh, and again in our social channels and on our video channels where people will be able to simply see a product they like or even in our email campaigns. If they get an email, there'll be a buy with Apple Pay button. They tap it. The app opens, surfaces the products. If that's all they want, they hold down their fingerprint for bio-authentication and they've purchased the product. It removes almost all friction to mobile checkout. Uh, there's no entering passwords anymore. There's no logging into a site. <clears throat> there's no entering credit card data or anything like that. Excellent. And I have, I have just one more question on the, the mobile side mm-hmm. of things. Because I know there'll be a lot of people going, he's getting 30% conversion rate on mobile. So I just want to clarify that when you were talking about 30% mobile, 70% um, visitor, we were talking about the fact that 70% of your visitors are coming through through on a mobile and that 30% of your orders are coming through on a mobile. Is that right? 30 per, 30% of the mobile visitors are actually converting, which is uh, a, a relatively high yeah. number for the industry, uh, but it's still a huge disconnect uh, between 30% and 70%. So we know that the problem is, and we've done polls with our customers, and they said that it's just a, it's just too difficult to check out on mobile. And, uh, and of course, there's lots of data on that. Uh, the uh, the New York Times recently ran an article saying that virtually everyone in the world is chasing after the simple buy button for mobile, and oh, yes. uh, and we think we we think we've got it. Excellent. Okay, cool. I want to move on to some other bits and pieces here that have sparked my interest as I've been looking at looking at your website. 
You mentioned earlier that um, Deborah gets inspired by all kinds of bits and pieces to develop it. And I saw you've, um, you're currently doing a TV tie-in with the, uh, the fantastic and, quite frankly, out there series Empire. So is this the first one of those you've done or do you often do a celebrity tie-in? We, we have, uh, we've often done them. Uh, we've done them with uh, a number of programs uh, on HBO. We did uh, some colors. We uh, were requested by a show called True Blood a few years ago to do a number of colors. Uh, we did uh, some products for the show Girls, also an HBO program. We've done uh, products uh, for a couple of Broadway shows where they've come to us and said we would like to... Uh, have you create a color to go along with one of our programs. And one of the fun things about our brand is that because my sisters um, uh, started in New York as a jazz singer. Oh, really? That, that's her history. She Manicuring was kind of her day gig to pay the bills and uh, fortunately blossomed. A friend of, hers, friend of hers was Bobby Brown, who Bobby Brown suggested at one point, you know, you'd be the first celebrity manicurist to launch your own line. All the celebrity hairdressers and makeup artists have done it. So that's what gave my sister the idea originally. And uh, so we've had a number of celebrity clients of hers ask if they could actually create colors for us. So uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, during the Sex and the City days, created a color called Sarah Smile. And what I, what I was actually... Uh, about to say was that all of our products are named after song titles, so uh, it gives it a fun tie-in. And uh, and since the Empire show is related to music, uh, it it was sort of a, a natural. But a number of celebrity clients, from Renee Zellweger to uh, Sarah Jessica Parker to Cher, and uh, even uh, a, a family friend, Patty Benatar, uh, have. Uh, asked if they could create colors uh, with my sister. So they've done that and, uh, and named uh, and helped pick the name. So that's been a lot of fun. Oh, nice. And that, that clearly that, that works for you both in terms of a brand building and a shifting product angle. Absolutely. It's, a, it's great marketing. And, uh, and it also uh, you know, is something that when a celebrity creates a color with us, uh, we, uh, we donate a portion of the proceeds from the sale of that particular shade to uh, the celebrities or the designer's favorite charity. Oh, excellent. So you, you're kind of ticking all those brand boxes with the one, the one product. We hope so. <laughs> now, I have one more question before we get move on to the top tips round, which is I know you're also pretty big into your email marketing. So I wondered if you could, if you had a couple of email tips you could share with the listeners. Well, you know, we uh, we sort of look at our competitive landscape. We look at brands like Sephora. We look at what they're doing. We know that they're incredibly successful and have massive teams behind them to uh, to do the analytics that, uh, quite frankly, a small brand really doesn't have the time to do. So we look at brands in our competitive landscape and try to see what they're doing in terms of styling, in terms of the number of products, the the uh, the scrollable length of an email, and uh, and we try to we try to you know take those elements and bring them into our own campaigns and and use our own brand voice of course to uh, to make them our own. And presumably you you've done quite a bit of work to find the right tech to make it easy for you to do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's important for us to to look at the analytics, to look at uh, rates like, for for instance, unsubscribe rates. Are we emailing too often? Um, are we uh, emailing at the right day of the week, the right time of day? Uh, we've recently installed an algorithm that actually uh, looks at when customers have uh, previously opened their emails and can target them at an hour that they're more likely to open an email uh, based on their, their previous uh, email open history. Excellent. So and, you're, uh, you're right there in the top of the yeah. inbox when they come to look at it. We hope to cool. be, yes. Are you able to share the name of that tech? Yes, it's a uh, company called DotMailer, and uh, they're a UK-based company, and uh, they recently opened an office here in New York a couple of years ago, and we're right next to Madison Square Garden. They happened to open an office about a block away, (laughs) and so when we were looking at email service providers, I really like the fact that uh, they're right around the corner. We could meet for a coffee. We could, uh, you know, pop over to each other's offices to, uh, you know, to take a look at things. And they've been very, very helpful and a great partner. Excellent. And the the algorithm for, for time of opening, that's one of their pieces of tech? That's one of their pieces of tech. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, brilliant. Well, um, let's move on to the top tips round then, which is a great section that I love because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Mark, your book top tip first of all, if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, one of my favorites over the last couple of years has been Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea, who founded Zappos.com. Uh, and it's really uh, especially uh, focused on the culture of your business and making sure that customer service is the most important thing. And that's uh, something that I, I, I've been a strong believer in since day one. Uh, and, uh, and one of my favorite quotes is about waking up every day and ask yourself not only what is the 1% improvement – I can change to make my business better. But what is the 1% improvement I can change to make myself better personally and professionally? And, uh, and I really like that, uh, that sort of mentality. So I enjoy, I enjoy his book and uh, his business is, of course, incredibly successful. Yeah, I, I, um, I read that book for the first time, I think about a month ago, because people keep mentioning it on the podcast. And it's such a good one. I know I'm going to be, I know it's going to be one of those few business books that I read more than once. Because um, there's just so many out there to, to get my hands on. Uh, so the traffic top tip, Mark, which marketing methods do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, you know, we are a small business, so we, we implement very few beyond our direct marketing campaigns uh, to our existing uh, customer database or our, uh, our subscriber database. So for us, what's most successful is retargeting. Uh, that is showing banners uh, to people who have visited our site and showing them banners that uh, are uh, you know, designed uh, based on what products they've looked at. So either showing them products they've added to their cart and abandoned uh, or showing them products that are similar or maybe cross-selling. So they bought color, but they didn't buy top coat and base coat. So we show them products that, uh, that maybe they weren't aware of that we offer. Uh, and then, of course, Google PLAs. Uh, I think everyone needs to play in that market. So retargeting is great for bringing people back to the site. Uh, Google PLAs is a great way for people searching for uh, your category to, uh, to discover your site for the first time. And you're doing the retargeting using the Google Dynamic Marketing packages as well? 
We are not. We're using a company called AdRoll.com, and uh, and we've seen uh, tremendous results. We've had positive ROI from the first month, and we've been using them now for about two years. And depending on our campaign, uh, we can uh, see ROI uh, rise significantly. So it's a, it's an exciting platform. That's an excellent recommendation. Uh, so tool top tip next up, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you, your team, more efficient day to day? We have two that have changed the way we do business. Uh, Basecamp is our project manager. It's an online project management system and uh, allows us to build timelines, create to-do lists, uh, milestones, and uh, due dates for everything and keep track of everything. And it's all web-based, so uh, so it's something we can access from a mobile device or from any computer, wherever we happen to be. And, uh, and then Dropbox, it uh, has completely revolutionized the way we do business. Virtually every file in our company, uh, in every department, is available in Dropbox and shared by the appropriate team members. Um, I remember just two, three years ago when Neiman Marcus would call and say, listen, we, needed, we need imagery for this or that, and we'd have to burn a disk and FedEx <laughs> it. And now I right-click, create a link, and email it. And uh, you know, not only does that save us a lot of money, but it also gives us uh, tremendous capability. And by using their enterprise edition, uh, we have basically an unlimited cloud-based backup of our system. And uh, with unlimited undo, if somebody accidentally deletes a file, even six months ago, I could go in at any point and restore it to where it was. Uh, it's changed the way we do business. Oh, that failsafe is great. And I mean, when you're dealing with the, with the volume of high-res imagery and videos that you, I'm sure you must be dealing with, to have that unlimited space is just, just a, a no-brainer, really. Absolutely. So the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first piece of advice for them? It would be mobile. Think mobile. It used to be, you know, uh, desktop first with mobile almost as an afterthought. And today I would think, you know, uh, mobile first. And if you want to think about desktop, okay, but uh, that should not be the focus. Uh, I believe that mobile uh, e-commerce is the future. And uh, and I think another important thing is people really are uh, devouring video content uh, at a tremendous level. So the more video content you can give them, short snippets of video to introduce your brand and to share your products, uh, very important. And uh, and I think, for, at least in our industry, user-generated content is uh, extremely helpful. Customers look for how other people in the general populace are using your products, and uh, and that type of information is very helpful. Wow. Well, Master Plan World, you can find these top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Lipman, and that's double P double N. Uh, so L-I-P-P-M-A-N. Uh, I have one last top tips question for you, Mark, which is if your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? 
That is a tough question. You know, uh, you gave me that one earlier, and I've been pondering <laughs> it for quite a while. And honestly, I don't know if there's another e-commerce business. Uh, you know, I uh, have a great passion for what we're doing. Uh, we find that fashion and beauty are one of the uh, highest shopped mobile uh, segments right now, and uh, and so there's a lot of cutting edge stuff coming our way, and we uh, we're very excited to be a part of it. Cool. So you you'd start it again, basically, then. I think I would. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I like I like that answer. Uh, so, Mark, before we say goodbye, could you let our listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and on social media? Absolutely. Be happy to. So it's DeborahLipman.com, and our name is misspelled more often than I can uh, <laughs> tell you. So it's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-L-I-P-P, like Papa, M-A-N-N, like Nancy, dot com. And Deborah Lippman on Facebook and at Deborah Lippman on Twitter. Excellent. And I'll put links to all of that and everything else we've talked about in today's show in the show notes. Masterplan World, those are at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Lippman, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab, or use the search box. Mark, thank you so much for being on the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. My pleasure, Chloe. Thank you very much for having me. What a fascinating chat. I'm really glad we have Mark on today. As one of our subscribers, wherever you are in the world, whether you're in NYC with all that noise in the background or whether you're somewhere in Europe or down in the Southern Hemisphere, if you're enjoying the e-commerce masterplan podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends because we want to get this great content out to as many people as possible. You can use Twitter to do that, Facebook, over a coffee, over dinner. I really don't mind. Um, So everyone, have a great week and make sure you keep optimising. Bye. Back in January, we declared 2016 to be the year of the customer. You can find out all about that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash the customer, strangely enough. As part of that, we're currently bringing you one of our bonus podcast series. This series is all about customer attraction, because this quarter, we're all about how you can get more potential customers to your website and start that all important trust building conversation with them. Later this week, we're going to be wrapping up the bonus series with the essential 20 ways to increase your customer email signups. I think you can guess what we're going to be covering this week. Um, Already live are the first two podcasts in the series. The first one, which is all about the marketing you can use to get the attention of your potential customers. So how to get people to your website and make them aware of you, which is packed full of great tips. Um, And also the customer first content marketing, which is our second episode. And that's all about how to use the content on your site to attract customers and encourage them to trust you. You can find all about this free content in our podcast feed on your listening device of choice or go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast for the details. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.